Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Heart of Man podcast with the Lions of Judah. We are your host, Matthew. And Josh. And we like to begin in a prayer, so we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, you have, you have given, given us Francis de Sales as a guide on the way to salvation. By his example and prayers, help us to trust in your loving providence and to follow your inspirations. May our lives show your gentle love to everyone we meet. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Francis de Sales. Patriots. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I like how you said we are your host. Oh, Josh, really? Matt and Josh. So well, we're like a silent, power It was range. a silent S. We're like a power range with Megazoid. We yeah. come together. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so St. Francis Sale is one of our patrons. Um, he is not relevant necessarily to this week, but he is the patron of this podcast. Um, all kind of, He's kind of the, just the patron of most of the, like, not, like, outward... The things we do, teachy thingies, because he's like our he's he's our our big teacher because he's the sage. For anyways, I'm just rambling. Cool. So well, good morning, everybody. Um, so quick recap of all the things. Last week we talked about warrior. Um, the whole idea of like you got to do the things, but at the same time it has to come from the right place, or else you'll get burnt out and it won't be sustainable. Or you'll just have a miserable life and an empty life. Um, yeah, and the whole idea of Jocko, I think his name is. Anyways, uh, discipline equals freedom. Um, so that was that week, last week. And again, all the recaps ever, beloved son. And that is uh, the whole idea of you are good, you are loved, and being the beloved son is done through humility and gratitude are the two big things. Uh, then there was Cowboy. The whole idea of adventure, a sense of adventure, and seeing a tree wanting to climb it. Um, and that's like your, your base desires, your wants, you know, that just go get them kind of thing. Um, and we talked about how the fallen cowboy is experience-oriented, whereas the good, good I guess, cowboy is like good-oriented. The actual thing, um, the actual thing, like goal-oriented, basically, adventure. Like, I want that, not I want to experience that, if that makes sense. Um, and then we talked about warrior and how the warrior has to be a matured cowboy and that it's that desire um, that, like, it's that beginnings of zeal comes to fruition in the warrior where he learns steadfast zeal where, okay, this is what I want. How do I best get there? Strategy. Um, and that's the whole discipline equals freedom. So that way you can actually be free to choose what you want and have what you want and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we talked about how most men kind of relate pretty easily to the cowboy and the warrior, that sense of adventure and the, you just got to get it done, son. Um, and this week is the lover, which there are men who do get this very easily, but by and large, it's not something that you just get, right? Would you agree with that, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... I John Eldridge talks about this in, in his book Wild the Heart and Father by God. Um but I think like the big thing that marks this stage, this aspect of the man, of you know, the ar- archetypal masculinity, um, is beauty. It's an encounter with beauty. Um and for a lot of guys it probably happens with a girl, because um, they 
at the climax, literally the climax of creation. Um, man, like, don't get me wrong, man is, man, like, men are very good. That God, That's included with when God said it is very good, but man alone is simply good. Man and woman together is very good. Um, and so in a certain sense, it's the addition of woman that makes man very good. Um, so there's parts of that, but I think a big part of that is the fact that woman, like archetypal femininity is beauty, right? That's like that, that's like that huge counterpart. Like archetypal femininity is beauty and archetypal masculinity is strength. So, um, yeah, but like that whole thing, the whole reality of encountering beauty, um, the beloved son is the beloved, the one being loved and as you as you get older, you then get to the point where you are now in the other position of the one loving, the one giving of self to another. Um, yeah, I don't know, Josh, is there anything that you wanted to? Uh, not yet. I, okay, I cool. will add. I'll read. Okay, so there's a couple of things that I wanted to say. One is, so I just finished Interior Castle this morning, actually. Great book. You should all read it. St. Teresa of Avila. Go her. Um, but... And on page, well, well, all translations are different, but in like the last basically couple pages, one of the things she says is, we must not build towers without foundations and that the Lord does not look so much at the magnitude of anything we do as at the love with which we do it. If we accomplish what we can, his majesty will see to it that we become able to do more each day. And then she goes on, we must not begin by growing weary but during the whole of this short life, which for any one of you may be shorter than you think, we must offer the Lord whatever interior and exterior sacrifice we are able to give him. And his majesty will unite it with that which he offered to the Father for us upon the cross, so that it may have the value won for it by our will, even though our actions in themselves may be trivial. And I think that's the whole reality is like, in every stage, the only, like so far, the only one that does not have some kind of sacrifice is the beloved son. The cowboy, and it, like, it seems like there's no sacrifice, but in reality, if the cowboy is to actually obtain what he wants, the adventure, he has to let go of other options, you know? Um, and so I think that, you, like, our big thing in our culture right now is to, like, is potentiality. We're so big on, you can become whatever you want to be, but the thing is, is that if you can be whatever you want to be, well, then you're, you're never going to be actually something because you have to give up potentiality in order to become one thing in particular. Um, so, like, the opportunity cost, basically. And then the warrior, uh, more clearly, is, like, very, like, intentional sacrifice. It's not just default. It's, like, voluntary choosing sacrifice, um, and that's to sharpen his will to make himself sober and alert for the devil of the lion. Wait. The enemy of the lion the enemy of the devil is probably like a roaring lion seeking to devour souls. Um and like fighting the fight, you know. Everyone knows that athletes have to sacrifice in order to compete well, in the same way warriors, soldiers must sacrifice in order to fight well. I was gonna say that that uh, actually is a common theme with anything good in life. <clears throat> Going off of what we had ended on last week with discipline equals freedom. Um, you know, any kind, anything in life that's worth 
going forward requires sacrifice. I think there's a huge mis- misnomer, a uh, big confusion and lie that freedom equals just do whatever you want, just do all, all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like what you were saying, like, what do you want to be? I can be anything. Well, then what we usually hear is, well, I'm going to do and become everything I want to be. Um, and you just can't. Um, and actually you would be less mm-hmm. happy that way. Um, yeah. Discipline equaling freedom re- requires focus and focus is enrichment and betterment but it necessarily requires that you know focus necessarily requires exclusion Mm -hmm. of a bunch of other things yeah um and like and then the lover like in loving like so it it seems to me like the sacrifice gets closer and closer to the person because it gets to the point of the lover where it's no longer sacrificing possibilities it's no longer like denying oneself but rather you are now sacrificing yourself mm-hmm. like you are now the sacrifice i give myself and that's like um uh shoot humane vitae um or um so, uh, who, what is that humane vitae i don't remember yeah uh, it's this people are typical that one i took a class guys sorry that one or another document, or it was uh, Love and Responsibility by Carol Wojtyla, who became John Paul II, or Theology of the Body, John Paul II. I don't know, one of these things. Um, but like the definition given was that love, right? Particularly in marriage, um, this, you, it's the, the idea of a mutual gift of self, and you don't give yourself to the other to possess like a possession, you know, like to, to do with as they please, but rather, you are giving yourself in the sense of you are, you are submitting to their will. It's a mutual submission of will. And that, again, lover, the whole idea of like encountering beauty. I don't know about you, Josh, but the times when I encounter beauty, like particularly with, like, with a woman, right? Like this is the stereotype, right? A man, a, a, a dumb, a dumb dude, a dumb teenage kid, right? Or, you know, young adult, whatever it is, a guy encounters a breathtakingly gorgeous woman and immediately is like, ah, anything, anything at all. I don't care. And that is relatable whether or not you're, you know, an incredibly holy Catholic or a godless heathen, like across all spectrums of masculinity with whatever like type of beauty, right? Physical, psychological, spiritual, like... When you encounter the beauty, <laughs> it's ravishing. Yeah. It like it takes over, and it like it. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of pray and hope for the best. Well, <laughs> one thing I conceptualize beauty as is like beauty is the physical manifestation of mystery in the physical world, mm. in the sense that it immediately and inherently, upon contact, visual or otherwise, uh, immediately brings out wonder and devotion. And it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. That's what it does because it is a physical adaptation of the mystery of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I always conceptualize beauty as like uh, the light from the lighthouse guiding us home up upon a raging mm-hmm. sea in a world so full of misery and other distractions um, and second guessing and doubt and lies. Um, beauty remains authentic. I mean, if something's beautiful, it's beautiful um, mm. in and of itself um, because it is a physical manifestation of mystery that causes us to fall into wonder and devotion just by seeing it. Um, yeah. And everyone experiences that. Even if you're blind, you might be able to hear. And then, I mean, the beauty of music, you know, that yeah. you can hear it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, it, like, 
<clears throat> quick side note, like we were, Josh and I were just talking before this podcast um, about beauty and art, about <clears throat> praise and worship, about like those who like are called to that, so to speak, and those who aren't, and what that looks like, and how that's done, and all the things, right? And um, we were talking about how beauty, like art, express like beauty expresses itself in so many ways. You know, like with art, for example, you have music. You, it can, you can see it on on um, a spread like a music sheet. You can see it on a tapestry. You can see it on the dance floor. You know, there's this this beauty, right, in all these things. And I, I think on one on one side, we overly emphasize in our culture the aspect of beauty that is the expression of the person. I want to express myself, you know? And this becomes like, it, it, it becomes, oh, it's so, it becomes incredibly narcissistic, mm-hmm. where it's like, I am expressing myself, and so therefore whatever I express is beautiful. And that's where you get modern art, where it's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, there might be some value to modern art, but within the context of beauty, I, I find zero value. Well, the one thing I think anyone could agree upon, maybe I'm being a bit arrogant with that, but maybe I hope not because it seems pretty simple to me, um, is that beauty finds its value in its intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you just said was right, is modern art in particular, and you know, I'm stretching it from, a lot of people imagine modern art and what you think of is like that, a white canvas with a red splotch and boom, art. But like it also right. takes form in like modern music where there's not yeah. really a whole lot of intention behind its creation. It's simply expression. And people think that art is only about expression, but it's really not. It's about intention and meaning um, right. is what art fundamentally is about. Um, and yeah, expression can be part of that. Um, and te- technically, you know, you really can't have art without something or someone expressing themselves. Um, that is true, but it's not the most fundamental core trait mm-hmm. about it. Um, I think that that's what makes uh, Mozart, even if you don't listen to him that often, you know, far better than any modern pop star. Because even though we might listen to the pop songs more, um, nobody in their right mind would say one is objectively more beautiful than the other. Um, it all comes from intention. And that, that was one thing I was going to mention is that human beings don't find anything beautiful that doesn't have intention behind it. Like mm-hmm. ever. We, we, we don't notice, uh, you know, I think we're all yeah. kind of, we're all kind of fed up with like boring, bland, round, blobulous cars. I think most people agree that when you see a car from like the fifties, we're all kind of encapsulated in that beauty, Yeah, you know, because there was uh, such an intention behind it in making it look good. Mm-hmm. Just like and a perfect example is a human person, whether you're a guy or a, a woman, if you take pride in your appearance and you make an effort in your appearance, there is intention behind that. Mm-hmm. And you will always be seen as more beautiful, more attractive if you do that, if you don't yeah. take care in your appearance. And it's not all about physicality. Mm. It's not about the physical world, but there's also something greatly spiritual about yeah. that, where when you take care in the appearance the intention is what really flows out of it. Yes. Oh my gosh, Josh, you, well, all the things you just said, like, so many things just got, like, puzzle pieced together in my mind. Because the biggest, like, (laughs) like, beauty, like, things are only considered beautiful beautiful if they take us up, Mm -hmm. right? The idea is they lift us up, they edify us, it's a transcendental, Right? It's meant to orient us towards God, right? And that's the same thing with, like, something that is super good and something that is super true, something that is very beautiful. All of these things lift us up because they, 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 it, it, they impact us so deeply that it makes us question, like, 
where did this come from? Hmm. Like something so good. This is so good. I wonder if there's something better. Like you know, it'll, it'll, like every time you experience something so profound, it's the weirdest like like uh, paradox where you are so content yet yearning for more. No, the the everything you're just mentioning right there is actually the exact concept of, <laughs> of like my book that I've been working on mm. for like a year. It's like the, the, all two hundred whatever pages of it are literally devoted to that idea. The, in fact, the very first page. It, I have an, an imaginary dialogue between a, a man and his son, in which case, and the whole book is revolved around the idea of that that perplex that perplexing idea of every time you discover something, you you're not satisfied. You want the next the next. Mm-hmm. I call it the next rung in the ladder. You always want to keep climbing. Um, and I use the an analogy of like this dad is carrying a box and he's like, "Son, help me with this box." And the kid is like, "Why?" Because every kid at one point, and one of us. We were, we were always like, why, why, right. why, why? You know, we've all found that kid or we were that kid. Um, and so he's like, well, why? And he's like, well, because the box is heavy. It's like, why? Because a lot of stuff weighs a lot. Why? And he's like, because gravity exists. And he's like, why? Because, I don't know, we need it to <laughs> have life. Why? And then you're like, I don't know. And eventually, <laughs> if you ask why about anything, from like a pillow on your bed to like a blade of grass, if you ask why about it enough times like an annoying child eventually you'll you'll reach a point where you frankly just don't know or you can't know but we know that there must be an answer because it exists and there must be intention behind it every whether like intellectual like being like a being Mm -hmm. a human person or a god created it with intention whether or not that is the case it doesn't actually initially matter it does eventually um but whether it's the intention of like the laws of nature Mm -hmm. or it's the intention of a person either way nothing actually um is beautiful or is what makes us wonder without intention um and i think basically because if you can ask about it it must exist yeah so if i say why does like what is the purpose of existence of that existence Mm -hmm. Then there must be a purpose. Well, there is an intention. Because you're asking about it. There, and if you're asking about yeah. it, then it must exist. There seems to be an intended reason behind every it, which gives a why behind every it. Yeah. Um, and we are obsessed with figuring out the why. Human beings inherently are. So what I usually come to the conclusion of is that uh, I called mystery is the cause of life, wonder is the purpose of life, and beauty is life itself. Mm-hmm. Because beauty is the physical manifestation of intention, which comes from mystery. And God is mystery in and of himself most fundamentally um, in the Trinity. Like the most fundamental teaching of God is a mystery, um, an ever-present mystery that continues to cause us to wonder. So a, a lot of people seem to ask, you know, what is the purpose of life? For me, it's always seemed, fr- frankly, quite simple and obvious that it's to wonder because wonder makes life better. Um, and it's not about, and I don't mean wonder like everything is always awe and wonderful because it's not. No, right. Nothing is always wonderful. But in the sense that love, considering this is on the, this podcast, the topic of love, um, wonder in the sense of giving of yourself to something higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, you find mm-hmm. the purpose of life. Yeah. In that, you come alive. Like what you were saying about whenever, as a guy, whenever you run into that to that beautiful woman, mm-hmm. uh, usually your first crush, especially that's usually the most impactful depiction of that. Um, you, you're, you're literally like, Oh, anything you want, anything that it needs to be done. I am 100% motivated without question to do mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, what's wonderful about it. But what's interesting is that you totally are willing to just do whatever yeah. when you, when you, uh, fall into wonder with something, it, no matter what 
you're faced with, whatever trial, whatever um, impediment, right. suffering, you're not only wi- willing, but you, in a way, weirdly enough, not in like a masochist, sadistic mm-hmm. way, but like you genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. And that's, and, that, and that's the thing is that this kind of love is like the closest, like it's the closest thing to what we know, like in regard, not uh, in regards to understanding and comprehension at the very least, it's the closest thing to divine love, this idea of love that does not count costs. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? And so, um, like, that also that reminds me of uh, King Herod um, with the beheading of John the Baptist. Um, what happens is King Herod um, wishes to remarry. John the Baptist is like, you can't do that, bro. And King Herod's like, I hate you, but, like, also I'm kind of scared of you because... Like, if I hurt you, then people will hurt me. And also, you're kind of interesting, so I like listening to you, but I don't really like what you say. <laughs> Either way, go to prison. Yeah. And then uh, King Herod you know, remarries, and then his daughter-in-law, right, what happens is his, 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 his now wife tells her, her, his daughter, like, so basically, the daughter-in-law, it says, it da- it says that uh, she dances before Herod and his company, and is pleasing to them or something like that. We get the we get the gist, guys. Mm-hmm. And um, King Herod says to her, like clearly enraptured, captivated, like ask of me anything up to half of my kingdom, and I will give it to you. Like <whistles> that's a lot. And you know what happens? She goes back to her mother, and her mother says, "Bring me the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter." So she goes back to Herod. She says that, and Herod saddened because he doesn't like scared but all like scared because of who john is but also sad because he likes listening to him says okay because why because he cannot like basically he has to show face like he has to in front of all of his guests i think it says like uh but because of all of his guests he had to do what she asked of him you know and that's the whole thing is like one like recognizing um like be- the whole idea of beauty is it, it encaptures us and enraptures it it captivates us right mm-hmm. and so i think it can be very dangerous though because if beauty is to the lover right and there is an experience of beauty right and the and the fallen cowboy prior like focuses on the experience if you are focused on the experience if your life right in regards to beauty if you're like just overcome by your passions trying to find that beauty that inspiration like all that kind of stuff just for the sake of experiencing it then ultimately like you're demeaning it to just pleasure to just mm-hmm. your experience of beauty which as we said in the cowboy if you're focused on the experience it will always be less than what you're hoping it to be and then you'll get things like king herod where you are now enslaved to this thing right what you once held in high esteem is now enslaving you, you know? And that's the difference between love is that love is willingly given. I willingly give myself continually. It's a perpetual, like, I continue to choose to do so. Whereas enslavement is I no longer have it. Like, I don't have the ability to say no. And that's what King Herod experienced with this encounter with beauty is that he was not establishing himself enough. He... Um, was not living out the warrior. He was living a very luxurious life, very comfortable. 
And so because of that, he was not able to be inspired by beauty, but rather he was seduced mm-hmm. by beauty. Like wonder focusing on beauty without the concept of higher mystery just equals a simp. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. The moral I- of the Herod le- lesson is when you take God out of the equation... When you encounter beauty, you will always just be a simp. Yeah. Or you'll be a cold-hearted person who doesn't care either way. Right. Like, the moral of the story, don't be a simp. You'll lose a friend's head. <laughs> Seriously. Like, <laughs> and it's kind of contradictory. But, well, okay, I don't want this to be just about, like, dating and women. But, like, yeah. this got beauty. Um, but, like, going back to, like, what we were saying earlier, like, again, what St. Teresa of Avila says, we must not build towers without foundations. And that, the, and that the Lord does not look so much at the magnitude of anything we do as at the love with which we do it. So with regards to foundations, like we see like this tower coming out, right? Like the base is the beloved son and the cowboy and then the warrior and the lover, right? And so that foundation, humility and gratitude, we're talking about how art has become so narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are humbly an artist, if you were a humble artist, you're not going to be focused on expressing yourself Rather, you're going to be so focused on something outside of yourself that in, in order to capture that, you will, by necessity, express yourself. And by that, it's you're, you're expressing like your experience of that, how you experience that, because you can't do anything. You can't express any experience other than your own experience, truly, even if it's your experience of another experience kind of thing. Um, and that's the whole, like, again, and then um, the Lord does not look so much at the magnitude of anything we do as, as at the love with which we do it. That's the whole idea of the warrior. The warrior, right, and even the cowboy in a certain sense. Like, if you have the cowboy and the warrior but not the lover, ultimately you just want a claim to fame. You'll fall, like, like if you don't keep growing to the lover, then you'll just descend back to, like, the, you're now a slave again. You're not an heir, and you're trying to claim fame, right? Like you had these big dreams and you can do it and you're so focused on doing all these big things that like you're just going to be wind up unsatisfied again because you're you're focusing on that experience and not on that which you're pursuing. So like that's the big thing with like and so so with regard to beauty is like beauty by nature captivates us and kind of consumes us. Um and you have, you have, it is dangerous to encounter beauty if you are not grounded as a beloved son, knowing your identity, um, understanding that your, your desires are good insofar as you like, and you need to focus on what you desire, not on the experience of getting what you desire, you know? And then also you need to be disciplined because discipline equals freedom. And so if you don't have freedom, when you encounter beauty, you will be seduced. Mm-hmm. Like just seduction. That's what it is, and you you just you're done, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slavery. Yeah. So. That, that's that's where the interesting part is. It becomes, you know, you have yourself. You're ready to give yourself somewhere, um, without God, without the higher mystery to serve. That's just it. it is it stops being service and starts being slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, and the difference between a servant and a slave, um, in that sense is that the servant is doing so willingly mm-hmm. and uh, attentively, and the slave does so because they have no other choice. Right. So. Yeah. And also, like, just in regards to my own experience, like, in the past, you know, a, a previous girlfriend that I had, um, one of her friends, like, was, basically one of her friends was saying something, and I was saying something counter to that, which my 
at the time girlfriend also had said, right? And what they said was, you're only saying that because she said that. And I was like, immediately offended. I didn't realize this, but it's because it's supposed slavery. Like, no, 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 I'm my own person. Um, But like, yeah, I don't know, just like in regards to experience, like, you know, the whole idea of being whipped or being a simp or simp, right? Not simp. Yeah, Sim yeah, is a is a video game. Yeah, our Sims, I guess. Similar concept. They don't have control <laughs> either. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah. And, but the thing though is, like, you can't. There's another experience too, just to to keep it going. Is like, um, there's one time when I so I was previously in the seminary, and a bunch of guys from my diocese went. It was in seminary in Minnesota, and we went to North Dakota. And we climbed, as it wasn't too big of a climb, it was like a couple hours uh, to a mountain range, and up to on the top of mountain range. And it was like the highest point in like the region, whatever, I don't know exactly. But either way, the whole time there, I had this expectation, what am I, I'm focusing on the experience. I'm like, I'm putting in all this work. I am like, it's gonna be so satisfying. Like, oh, I can't wait. And I get there, biggest letdown ever, I'm like, Objectively, I know this is beautiful. I know this is breathtaking, but I am by no means experiencing it, and this is kind of boring to me. And then contrasting to the next day, um, I love sunrises, okay? And some of the, we were basically, we were at a, a B&B and kind of like in these mountains, honestly, it was super cool. And it took us like 45 minutes the next morning, but basically me and two other guys wanted to pray the Office of Readings. Uh, it's one of the prayers in Letter to the Hours. Um, and we went up, there's like a 45 minute, honestly walk, but it was like up this huge steep hill and we're up at the top and for the sake of seeing the sunrise. Now, when I was climbing, my focus was the sunrise, not this experience. And so when I get there and I see the sunrise, it's everything I've ever dreamed. Like it was so satisfying, so fulfilling and so peaceful. And we prayed and it was incredible, like, it was so good. And upon reflecting, I realized, like, the only, again, 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 the only way you can really encounter beauty, be captivated by beauty, and sacrifice that kind of loving without cost is if you are genuinely focused on, on it and not the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. Focusing on the higher mystery rather than the experience. God, yeah, that humility. Yeah. Something beyond yourself. Because that, that's what's interesting is when you have the higher mystery or God behind the beauty, when you look at beauty, you'll see it as like, see God through the lens of beauty. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have that, it'll just refract back and you'll just see your own face. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'll be the God in the mirror at that point. Yeah. So self idolatry. Vanity is a huge Vanity. part of it. Yeah. But Yeah. Yeah. So I think like just like it's gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um but we, we have class. We have class. Well, yeah, I have to give a tour, but <laughs> um but either way, like in all honesty, I kinda wanna do two parts to this, so the next podcast might be part two. I don't know. But either way, um yeah, like and I, I think that beauty I don't think there really is there. I don't. There isn't truly a fallen lover, because 
I mean the simp. Right. The, the, it's the cowboy. Yeah. It's the cowboy who pretends to be the lover. Yeah. And how many people, like, again, in relationships, like, like, ladies, especially for, like, in regards to, like, knowing men and if they're going to be good enough, like, if they're not beloved son, cowboy, and warrior first, then they're going to, it's going to appear to be the lover, but it's just the cowboy. Because, again, loving without costs can also just as easily look alike, look like the reckless abandon of the cowboy. Yep. So, and that's the thing is like, we have, yeah. So, you can't, ah, man, you just can't love, really, like the unconditional love, if you don't have your ducks in order, the the beloved son, the cowboy, the warrior first, you can't really encounter beauty, truly, and be inspired by and uplifted by it without all the things. Not all those who say yee-haw are actually that rootin' and tootin'. (laughs) Yeah, also... (laughs) Weirdly enough, that, that makes me think of this. Um, when Jesus says that not all of you who say Lord, Lord will enter into my kingdom. Mm-hmm. I like my version better. Yes, Sorry. I like Josh's version. Sorry, better. Jesus. <laughs> but that's, I think I, that might be what I'm getting at, or just like around what it, what it seems to be is like, just because someone says I love you, that could be the cowboy saying that, just reckless abandon, mm-hmm. right? Could be the warrior saying that, being like, yes, this is the thing I'm supposed to say now. Or it could be the lover saying that, where it's this heartfelt, genuine, yeah, I love you, because I... And also, really quick thing, getting into next podcast, I'm just going to cut it short at this point, but, like, I, I went to a lawyer this morning, and, like, the thing that I realized was, like, when you say I love you to someone, ultimately, you're not really boasting of yourself, because you only love that which is good, tribute, whatever, like, which for simply to say good. You only love that which is good. So, in all reality... And again, 1 John 4, 8 or 9, or 4, 18 or 19, I forget, okay? But we love because he first loved us. And so in reality, a big part of that is like all love is at first receiving something. And so to love someone means to first receive their goodness. And that goodness engenders the desire to love in you and then you love. So in reality, if I say I love you, what that means is saying you are worth something. I find you are good and you are the cause of my love. Um, same thing for sacrifice. Like you are worth sacrificing for. You are worth loving. Um, and so in reality, when I say I love you to like to, to my girlfriend, for example, it's not really a mark of my abilities, but rather it's saying, no, you are good because I can't love that which isn't good. Mm-hmm. And so because you are good, <laughs> you have stirred this in me. Um, and that's ultimately where the lover is at. He's, he's overwhelmed by the beauty. And so he says, I love you. Not as a, like, I'm all that good, but because, wow, no, you, you are beautiful. And you have stirred in me, like, something big. Yes. Um, so, that is that. And I didn't even get into Song of Songs, so probably we'll have... A part two. Part two, because lover is, lover is big. Cool. Lover's cool. Lover is beautiful. Yes. So with that, we bid the adieu. Hope you have a great day. Today is the feast memorial, technically, but of St. Vincent de Paul. So happy memorial. St. Vincent de Paul, pray for us. And our also our patron for Lover is King David, which kind of it makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you should read the Psalms and all of this stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Anything cool. you want to? Nope. Close with? Not really. Cool. Well. Don't be a simp.
Don't be a simp. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, cool. Well, that's that's don't, it. Don't be a simp. Don't be a simp. Bye.